Hello and welcome back to C-Red UK. Well, quite simply, the Chicago Bulls thing. Wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe as well. Helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. I'm Matt, and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm very good, thank you, Matt. Um, glad to say that we are no longer the only team or fans of a team in the NBA that has no more basketball to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, as you say, the the NBA season is over. Mm. We're officially into the off season. The Bulls have been there a lot longer, obviously. <laughs> it already feels like an eternity. Yeah, and obviously that's where we'll start with the finals. Um, we were both rooting for Nuggets mm-hmm. from uh, well after the Kings went out on it. We started yeah. rooting for Nuggets. Um, you had them in five. I had them in six. Yep. Obviously, you got it right. <laughs> um, no, obviously, we both watched the game five back yesterday, didn't we? Yeah. I think, to be fair, it was the only one I've actually watched the full full game. Um, I'd probably pick the worst one to watch as well, <laughs> judging by what everyone was saying. But no, I mean, you know, obviously, congratulations to to Nuggets. Um, yeah. Congratulations to Joker for. Finals MVP. Who needs a regular season MVP? Do you know what I mean? Proved his point, didn't he? Yeah, even though he was one, he really. Yeah. Um. And it's it's more the the narratives after the finals that I wanted to sort of touch on, and yeah. you know, people saying that Nuggets didn't beat anybody to to win it. Do you know what I mean? It's if you look back at the start of the season. Who would have had Nuggets to win it at all? Not not enough people, let's put it that way. Maybe Nuggets fans only, and that'd be about it. Yeah, and I don't even think half of them would have thought <laughs> it. Um, you know, and yeah, fair play to uh, to Heat, getting there as the eighth seed through the play-in, almost going out to Bulls. Um, and, you know, yeah, you credit them for that. But you've got to credit Nuggets as well. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, they can only beat what's in front of them. And you know they beat Suns, won it in the final, uh, the West Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, not not an easy easy win, is it? Do you know what I mean? No, Suns, Suns are an excellent team. Uh, okay, they had injury woes, but they're still a still a fantastic team. Just lost my light. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, um, you know, obviously they swept the Lakers. And beat was it Timberwolves in the first round as well, mm-hmm. and well, it's the finals, isn't it? It's the, the, and the playoffs is as Big Dave says, that's why you get there because right. you just don't know what's going to happen in them. Nobody would have expected Heat to get all the way there. You know what I mean? So it's, I think certain people's narratives is that you just want to try and take away from a certain team's success. Um, and at the end of the day. They've gone through the normal season, the top of the Western Conference, mm-hmm. they were near the top of the, the league standings as well, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Overall league. Yeah. I don't know if that finished up. So to me, they deserve it. Oh, yeah. You 100% can't deserve it. Yeah. Um, and I think, obviously, well, Joker deserves his finals MVP as well. He's, because, he's just a force to be reckoned with, isn't he? Yeah. You know, and. To me, yeah, all right. 
he's not particularly carried Nuggets, but without him, they wouldn't have got there either. Do you know what I mean? But, no, but I think the one-two punch of himself and Murray has is, is been very impressive. Now, I suppose I wasn't watching the Nuggets that much throughout the course of the regular season, but in the postseason, I paid him a bit of attention, uh, particularly in the finals. I watched three of the five uh, finals from start to finish. And um, the two of them together, I mean, Murray's been playing like an all-star in the postseason. And then you've got Joker as well. And they were just seriously impressive together. And then you had the, you know, the the role players around them that came up trumps on the day as well. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. It was like the role player, like Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. You know, everything I've read about him and heard about him in the, not in just in the finals, but in the whole playoffs. He was massive on defense for them. Yeah, you know, and and you know he can get you a bucket as well, right? Whether it's a three or a, a slam, you know what I mean? So. In fact, he actually made a very uh, important um, defensive play just before the end of the the game. The final Is that the one where he blocked it with his armpit? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Whatever it takes, right? Any, exactly. any legal body part. <laughs> yeah. Unlike the foul that got called on uh, on Jimmy. Mm, yes, <laughs> I was yeah. full sure that was going to get overturned um, and it just didn't. I mean, I don't see how that was Aaron Gordon's foul, to be fair. It looked more like it should have been a foul against Jimmy, the way he stuck his leg towards his crotch, <laughs> to be honest. but That's where he's better than Zach, isn't it? Because Zach got called yeah. for one in the season. Yeah. So, for all you Jimmy stands out there, mm-hmm. Zach is. So, yeah, Heat. Um, yeah, credit them for what they've done. You know, it's been good. It's not been good to watch because I can't stand heat. And um and the sort of what I wanted to switch on with them is is it's more Bulls Nation reaction because you go on Twitter and there's some fans calling other fans out because they were happy to see Jimmy lose. Do you know what I mean? And it's everyone anyone who listens to this regularly knows my feelings on Jimmy Butler. And I wouldn't say I was happy to see him lose because, you know, I don't hate him that much. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But I can't root <laughs> I can't root for um, for Miami either. Do you know what I mean? And he's on Miami. Right. You know, and it's the narrative around him. That's the bit that I can't stand mm-hmm. because, all right, yeah, he had a very good first first round against the Bucks. And then he's dwindled and dwindled and dwindled. Yeah. And when it matters, he wasn't there. And the game I watched last night or yesterday, you know, yeah, he'll get praise because he put up 20-odd points. But the majority of them was in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, Which he's kind of known for. But when it comes to the NBA finals and, you know, it's do or die, win or go home, um, you'd expect him to show up from the first quarter and not the final quarter of the game. Yeah, and it's like we've said about Damar in the past. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see him in the fourth quarter. You no. want to see him do everything in the first three quarters. Right. Because then you're not in a position where you are chasing the game. And obviously you had that turnover at the end. The the three that he didn't need to take because mm. there was still plenty of time and if that was Zach 
people we've seen? Oh, he'd be taken to the nearest tree and thrown a rope around his neck and then pulled tight, wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. So, joy and look, I get it. Bulls fans, they love him from his time as a bull. Yeah. But he left six years ago. And, all right, yeah, in that six years, he's got to, was it two finals and a, another Eastern Conference final as well? Mm-hmm. But, and yeah, Bulls have obviously made the playoffs once and got a gentleman sweep. So I get it where the people are saying, yeah, you know what I mean? Look, he's not a bull anymore. And I get it, root for him because he's an ex bull. Don't start calling people out when they're not particularly gloating. And obviously, we saw Peck from CHGO reveling in it. Yeah. And I listened to today's episode, and the way that Will Gottlieb was defending Jimmy, it was just like, I get it. He's one of your favourite players. But as Peck and Big Dave say, praise him when he does it, but criticise him when he doesn't right. and that's the bit that the NBA media and the majority of Bulls Nation don't seem to do mm-hmm. they won't criticise him when he hasn't turned up yeah. and like I said the reason I don't like him in particular is because he doesn't turn up to the playoffs and then he's only turned up in the first round this year as well so you know if what about like you say the narrative of playoff Jimmy no well he wasn't there was it First round, Jimmy, this year, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. Like you say, I think he was there. But as it went on, it just proved that, you know, it's too much for one man. And, you know, he he might not be himmy, as people like to, to call him. But he's kind of almost himmy, but not quite. <laughs> and nice. I suppose if you put maybe a bit more around him than what he has already... They could potentially go all the way. I mean, if they can get this far with with very little, um, maybe they're only one or two moves away from from knocking Denver off the top spot next year. But as for this year, he, he just didn't he didn't do enough. And when you're carrying that much expectation and it's all on you, you have to show up. And he just didn't show up enough, plain and simple. Yeah, and that's it. Every player needs players around him yeah you know like we said Jokic he needed Murray he needed players like Gordon yeah all the way back MJ needed Pippen yeah of course <laughs> you know what I mean so uh, it's not according to he's Pippen he's never going to do it <laughs> well yeah <laughs> uh, it's like I said in the chat a few times he won't win because the supporting cast that he's got turn up when they feel like it and yeah. you know, if Max Struess in it in his threes, which he didn't do, then Heat don't win. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it was that. That's not a knock on Jimmy, but it's a knock on Heat. And I guess it's something that obviously my next question to you is: What do you learn from both of these teams? And I think for me, from Heat, you learn you need three point shooters, consistent three point shooters. Yeah, Bulls already know that though. Um, and I think you know the the Heat are always going to be there or thereabouts because yeah. they've just got that ingrained into them, and they have a great um, coach. 
Yeah. Uh, dare I say it? Continuity. Huh? Continuity. Oh, stop. <laughs> I thought we said no swearing tonight. Uh, I know, but, you know, uh, that's what it is, isn't it? It's been that continuity from the top and, yeah, I guess it helps having the right people in place to have continuity, but, you know, I mean, I, I, what do you think you learn from Heat? I think you learn that the right role players are vital, um, but I also think that you learn from that that you need to build around more than one guy. Yeah. And I think that that was something we tried to do in the past with Zach and it didn't quite work. So then they lumped in the three and that's not quite working either. But I think that two big stars or big names, all-star level players or better, is enough to get it done with the right role players around them. And I think that's what we've learned. That's kind of answering both questions, but I think that's what we've learned from the Heat and from Denver, because you see both sides of that coin. Yeah. Um, well, like you say, you've covered what you learned from Nuggets. And yeah. obviously I put a piece out this morning, the the, the weekly bulletin on uh, CRUK.com and obviously congratulated Nuggets and asked the question, what did you learn? And my answer in it was patience. Mm-hmm. And they've been patient with players like Murray after his ACL injury. They say they've been patient with Jokic. You know, they picked him up at, what was it, 41? Mm-hmm. They didn't know he was going to be the player he is at picking him up there. No. Um, and, I mean, what's Mike Malone been there now? About eight years, something like that mm-hmm. as well. So they've been patient with him. And it's it's more so, I don't think Bulls management need to learn that. I think it's Bulls fans need to learn that. And, I mean, I, yeah, all right, I get it. We've been patient now for 25 years. But when you look at it, AK's only been in charge three years. Right. And that first year was an evaluation year. The last two years, he's put together the team that he thought was going to to that next level um, and he probably would have done had Lonzo not got the injury mm-hmm. but that that's not on AK he didn't know that injury was coming you know that it's a risk with a player like Lonzo but nobody thought it was going to be a potential career ending injury Yeah. so I'd say I think maybe it's something we talk about next week or something like that but yeah, I've I've shown frustration with AK because of the inactivity at the last three deadline or two deadlines and off season. Um, but there's obviously a, a reason behind it, and I think it is patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've got anything else on the finals. No, except for as a neutral, they were very enjoyable. Um, it gave you someone to root for because you hated the other team so badly. And um, I just, I thought it was a real, real good matchup. Um, it went back and forth, but yet you kind of always knew that the Nuggets had the edge. Uh, but it's been, it's been as a neutral from start to finish, it's been uh, quite an enjoyable playoffs to, to follow. And uh, I look forward to seeing what 
not just what the Bulls do, but what every team does during the off season across the league, and how that opens up uh, doors or closes doors for ourselves. Yeah, and obviously moving on from the finals, in terms of obviously Bulls and general NBA, probably starts getting a little bit more exciting now, doesn't it? Mm. Sort of next week and for the next two, three weeks after it. Yeah. We've obviously got the draft next week, which might not be exciting for Bulls fans. But yeah, something might happen. And then, what, a week after that, or a few days after that, free agency opens, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Potentially getting, obviously, Vucevic news, Kobe White news. So, we might have something to talk about from next week, I guess. <laughs> Uh, as I said, I've put that piece out this morning, the uh, weekly bulletin, and something that I did put in there was Alex Caruso, who is actually on my t-shirt. Um, Show. He obviously over the weekend put onto his Instagram about his. Uh, well, he got the trophy for his um, defensive first team thing. You know, obviously. Yeah moment for him, put it on his Instagram and it is one of the many players that we've seen working out mm. as well and the big thing that he has as he does every, seem to do every year is he's working on his shot uh, yeah <laughs> so obviously <laughs> he shared the post about his trophy um, and shared one of the workout videos with the question of what role do you think is best for Caruso. Um the general answer seemed to be as long as he's healthy, that's all people want. Yeah. And you're not really gonna get that with Caruso either the way he plays. He's gonna miss games because he picks up his back injuries, his sort of sprains and stuff like that. And I said yeah, I kind of agree that's what you want to see. And I find him a bit of an awkward player to give a role to because he can pretty much do everything. Yeah. Defensively, anyway. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, he can guard one through four defensively. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I will say is I don't want to see him at the four. No. no, no. <laughs> um, I didn't like that. <laughs> no. And as I've said before, I don't particularly like seeing him in the starting lineup either. Mm. Because I, I think he is better as that sixth man, where he can. He obviously, he's a very clever, high IQ player. Yeah, and I think he's one of them players that he can. If he watches how the game's going for the first what, four or five minutes, and then he checks in, that's when he's a lot more um, influential and stuff like that because. He's seeing what the other team's doing and then he's seeing what he needs to do to counteract it and yeah. what the rest of his teammates need to do. And I think when he's in the starting lineup, it's he knows what his job is, but if it's not working, he can't seem to change it as such. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um so yeah, to me his ideal role is he's coming off the bench. Um, yeah. Ideally, in the backcourt, 
Yes. Possibly at the three. Two or three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, I think ideally you need a a shooter at two. uh, Yeah. And he's not that really. So I'd like, I like him off the bench. Like you say, I do like him off the bench in at the three, um, preferably. Um, And I think from there he can kind of, he can operate quite well. Um, both defensively and it also still leaves that space open for a shooter at, at the two. Yeah. And look, I mean, if he can improve his offensive side of the game, mm. i.e. shooting, then he's more than a sixth man, isn't he? Mm. You know, he's, it's not MVP quite, I don't think, but you know what you're going to get with him defensively. And if he can then chip in 10, 12 points a night, yeah, you've got an ideal role player there, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? It's just, dare I say it, potential point guard. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think he is a starting point guard. That's the, I didn't want him there last year. And I know a lot of fans did. But like I've just said, I, I personally think he's better off the bench. No, I agree, I agree with you completely. I always preferred him coming off the bench. Um, I never particularly liked him on the starting lineup. He just has too too good of a read on the game. Um, and just like you said, if he has those few minutes at the start of a game to watch the game as it's settling down, get a read on it, he's capable of walking onto the floor, telling everybody where to be. I mean, we've seen him do it. Telling everybody where to be and what to do to make a difference to the way it's been going up until that point. And like you say, I, I don't see any reason if he can't if he can improve his his shooting, and we'll get into the shooting thing soon. But if you if he can improve his shooting, I don't see any reason why in a in a, in a bench role coming in as the first man up off the bench, why he couldn't be an ideal candidate, not only for all defensive again next year, but six man. Yeah. Absolutely. And um... He's shown he can shoot. He showed it in that um, yeah. playing game against Heat. Yeah. Obviously, he hit four of four of his threes, didn't he? Yeah. And that, if even if he only hit two, three a night, as well as giving what he does on the defensive end mm-hmm. and a couple of layups, and you know, he occasionally gets his breakaway dunks as well, doesn't he? So, he does. yeah, I think twelve to fifteen points is quite. Achievable for him on the night. Yeah. However, you know you're gonna get his big fat eggs and five steals, few assists. One point. And it doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't look good on the on the box score watches, does it? So uh, he's not a box score player. You can't judge yeah. him on his box score. He's just exactly. he's not that player. So yeah, as you said about the shooting, and we'll get into that. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not been confirmed yet, but it's looking like Bulls are going to employ Peter Patton. Uh, that's how you say his name, anyway. Yeah. Um, he was a shooting coach for Mavericks and Timberwolves, worked with players like Luca and Jalen Brunson, stuff like that. Um, but that's not the role that he's going to be getting with Bulls when no. it's confirmed. It's going to be—is it director of player development or something that's like that? I think. Yeah. Um, 
And AK said they wanted to improve the shooting. Uh, Bulls fans have been crying out for a shooting coach for years and player development and stuff like that. And is this, this is the first move. Right. Obviously, I mean, it's confirmed. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's going to be, though, by the sounds of things. But if you look at it, it's actually quite clever <laughs> because that doesn't affect the cap space, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's obviously where we have a serious issue. And, and as we discussed, I think we discussed it on the last pod, um, internal improvement is going to be something that we're going to have to look at, whether we like it or whether we don't like it. We can't afford, as a franchise, we cannot afford to go out and get in players. If the money just is not there unless they go into the tax. Um, and we know that's not going to happen, right? So they're going to have to box a bit clever. And I think this is the first move that will be exactly that. Yeah. Bringing, bringing in somebody that can work on what we already have and maybe make a difference to one or two of the players that are just borderline between being an average shooter who shows up every now and then and being a consistent shooter who's there every night. Mm. You don't have to turn them into some, you know, fantastic shooters. All we need is reliable shooters. So that when the ball is kicked out to them, instead of feeling uncomfortable and passing the ball around again until the shot clock runs out, which we saw way too many times last season, they'll actually feel the confidence and, and, and be comfortable to put that ball straight in the air and hopefully, if things have improved, hit at least a fair percentage of those shots. Yeah, and that, that's it. Obviously, when going back to the workout videos, mm. there's one of Charlie Jones putting up three-pointers one-handed because he's got his other arm in the cast. <laughs> you know, and you, you see the comments of, on like the IO workout videos and stuff like that of he needs to work on his three point shooting. Um yeah. I can't remember like the people say it about Damar and stuff like that. And then yeah, all right, it looks good watching Carly Jones hitting him one handed because you don't see that normally. <laughs> but like with Caruso and Ayo, when you see them just standing in an empty gym hitting three point shots that's not working on the shot, is it? No. They need people in front of them. They need people challenging them. It needs to be in a game or at least some semi-competitive environment, whether it's a pro run or whatever. But even even if they had, you know, someone working with them, you know, holding up a pad or a stick, something to shoot over, something to, so it gives that, that yeah, feeling yeah. of shooting where it's not just a wide open, you know, take your time, doesn't really matter type of shot you're at least feeling some sort of a challenge or something to shoot over mm-hmm. or to shoot around or to create space before you get your shot off something yeah. wide open shooting from the arc. You know, most professionals around the league, even Drummond can hit them. No <laughs> problem. You know, as we've seen. Yeah. Saw Marco doing it when we were over in France, you know, we were yeah. like, Marco, Marco can actually shoot the three, but you're talking about a wide open, no pressure shot. And, and they need some sort of a challenge, even if it's just a trainer. And hopefully a move like getting in a player development um, or improving on the player development and bringing in, you know, shot, someone who can work with people's shot correction, work with um, people's, you know, just tweaking them enough, the shot, just to get it perfected uh, enough that, like I say, that they are comfortable and they are competent, could make all the difference. And it could be a very, very clever way 
of moving forward with what we already have. However, I do have to throw the flip side on that and say, why the hell wasn't there one there all the time? Yeah, I mean, that's an argument I think every Bulls fan's got in it. It's, it's like going back to it again. I don't mean to, but it's all we've got at the minute the workout videos. Yeah. You see the comments of, I want to see him doing this, I want to see him doing that. Why Why is an NBA player working on the handles? You know, that should be part and parcel of the game. It doesn't matter what job you do, you have to keep doing it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And yeah. you can always improve on it. You know, like my job, I'm a driver. Every so often, I mess up my reverse. I've been doing it 20 years, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if I don't do it for two months, something like that, I can guarantee I wouldn't be able to reverse the trailer where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, you have to have the fundamentals there, do you know what I mean? And you have to keep working on them right. to be able to expand the rest of your game, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it, You know, and people saying, no, well, Zach needs to get in there. It's a prime example, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? If a player doesn't work on his handles as a basic, it kind of impacts the rest of his game. So when you're watching the videos of Ayo just, you know, doing his handles warm up, and then people saying, well, he needs to work on his three point shot. Do you not think that that hour that he's in the gym, he's done more than that five second clip of work on his handles? You know what I mean? So, and that's where the whole development comes into it, isn't it? And having the coaches. Because they'll give them a set thing what they need to be working on. Right. Now, at the minute, well, obviously, all these workout videos that we've seen, it isn't even the off season or wasn't even the off season. They're doing it in the time that they've got where, yeah, you'd like to see them on the court. So you've got to me, you've got to credit them for that. And then when they eventually get back with the team, what, uh, back in August, start of September, and start doing team workouts. Mm-hmm then that's where the development's going to come in with the shooting. Yeah. You know, I dare say some of them even go back to Chicago if they're not in it already early to work with this coach. Just repeat a pattern early. Do you know what I mean? I would think so. Yeah. I would expect there'd be at least a, a small few, if not more that go back early just, just to work with them. I mean, it must be kind of exciting as well. Like, you know, you think about it. If you're, if you're working for a, or playing for a team and you've been kind of just doing, your own thing during the summer months and then, you know, coming up to the, towards the game, you're working out with the head coach the whole time and, you know, maybe the assistant coach here and there and you're working on drills and you're working on this, that, the next thing. Great. But imagine you find out oh, this year, we've actually got somebody who's going to help me work on my shot, which let's be straight about it. You're shooting and being able to score is the fundamental mm-hmm. of basketball, right? I mean, you score more baskets than the other team and you win plain and simple. So, to actually have somebody there in place now, they must kind of feel like, oh, I want to get in with this guy and, and work work out with this guy and see, can he do anything to help me to elevate my game that little bit further? I mean, yeah. I know, you know, not that I'm anywhere, anywhere even close, but I know I'd be like that. I'd be like, I want to get in the gym with this guy straight away. Yeah. And it's the younger players, isn't it, that are probably going to be more excited. Dale and Terry, for example. You know, Oh, for sure. You see him working with DeMar and um, Johnny dribble too much mm-hmm. and I mean, even in that video that I put around at the weekend that comes obviously off Johnny uh, dribble too much you can kind of see Dalen needs the work because even in that 
his handles looked a little bit loose. Do you know what I mean? And but the thing is, he's got the mentality there to work on it. And I'd imagine he's one of the first back to Chicago to work with his new development staff. Do you know what I mean? And you got to give him credit for that. And I think Kobe will be the same if he resigns. He'll want to be there because he's already took his game to the next level yeah, on yeah. his own back. So having a, a, a shooting coach there and, you know, we know that he's a incons- inconsistent shooter, shall we say? Mm-hmm. I mean, he can hit him and he can go 0 of 9, you know what I mean? Straight. If, he, if he can add that bit to his game, that consistency on his three, you know, Put him out as a starting point, Dad. Go anyway. But yeah, so obviously Peter Patton, welcome to Chicago. When or welcome back to home to Chicago, I should I say? Right. When you eventually come back. Uh, one more thing that was in my bulletin before we move on to the uh, uh, Matt versus Neil round two. Um, Andre Drummond. As we mentioned last week, he was on the I Am Athlete podcast. And then another part of it that went around, I mean, after that, I've listened to it anyway and forgot to mention it last week, but he obviously was at the start of the year, start of the season, he claimed that he was the best rebounder ever. Quite a claim. Love the confidence. And he's done it again on this podcast, actually forgetting himself how good he was. Because he said that he's led the the NBA in rebounds per season or whatever it was for three years, and it's actually four that he's done it. So he doubted himself a little bit there. Uh, he was corrected by the host or the co-host, whatever it was, um, and then he did go into a little bit of a chant of TBE, obviously the best ever. And I mean, we spoke about it when he claimed it last year, right? Um and obviously they put sort of stat in with the on the podcast as well. And I think to me, you can't judge him until his career's over. Mm-hmm. Because he's still potentially got what I don't know, five, six years possibly, maybe more. Um and obviously he's competing against or up there against players who retired. 20, 30 years ago, do you know what I mean? Yeah. All that claim. Um, but a few stats that I did find, and it's kind of, do, if, depending which stats you want to read, they do kind of back him up. Right. A little bit. And the one that was in the podcast was the total rebound percentage. And he was number one with 20, uh, 24.85. In second was Dennis Rodman, with 23.44. So, total rebound percentage, he is the best ever, if that's a stat you want to read. Right. Uh, total rebounds, is in 43rd, with 9,963. And I think that put him third in active players. Still behind LeBron and DeAndre Jordan. Okay, but again, they've played a lot more games than him, probably. LeBron, LeBron certainly has anyway. Three years twice as long, and he's not that far behind him um, in terms of numbers. 
And then the last stat that I wrote down, rebounds per game. He, at the minute, is 13th overall in the NBA. But he is first amongst active players with 12.7. And it was Rudy Gobert with 11-something that was second. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, depending what stat you want to look at, right? he is. You can make him paint very different pictures, can't you? Yeah, and that's why I'm not a big stat guy because, like I've just said there, depending which stat you look at, he is. You look at the next stat, he's not. He's 43rd. But that doesn't tell you how many games he's played, how many games number one played, how many games 27 played, do you know what I mean? And Yeah. And obviously it's different eras as well. You know, the mm. game's completely different. What I did say in, in my sort of opinion on it was he's got a few more years left. Hopefully he gets a lot more minutes next year with Bulls. Because regardless, as he says in a lot of his Instagram posts, Dre gets bored. Right. <laughs> and it's a big part of the game for us. Mm-hmm. You know, as we've said before, he's a double-double machine off the bench. Yes. Even the minutes. And as we said last week, to me, he's one of the most entertaining players we've got. Yeah. Um, a lot of people could say he needs to learn his role, which is rebounding, i.e. Dennis Rodman. But at the same time, do you not want to see him get his hands in the lane, get his steal on our three-point line, go the length of the court, Euro-step it, and either lay it up slam it down whatever I know I do yeah I do too I love seeing it yeah so it doesn't really answer the question on is he the best rebounder ever (laughs) but as it stands rebounds per game actively he is right so and that is something that we have at Bulls right and Billy needs to learn how to use it which we've said many times before that's the big problem. I mean, Dre comes with his issues and his chaos, as we've said before, but if he is utilised and that's honed in the correct way, which is on Billy, then he is a vital piece of this machine. And, mm. you know, if it's, if he's run properly and if he's played correctly, um, he, he I think he's he could be lethal for us. I really do. But, um, yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, and as we said in uh, a couple of said in the chat today, you put a reliable point guard with him, mm. and he gets buckets as well. Well, he does. I mean, he's great at collecting the oops, isn't he? So yeah. you get someone who can throw them up there, a la Goran Dragic at the start of last season. If you've got a point guard who can put the ball in the right place, I mean, he's a machine. He's a beast. He's going to catch it, and he's going to slam it down, and he's going to scream about it and get us all very excited. So... <laughs> You know, let's bring it on. Yeah, <laughs> more of that, exactly. please. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a few more pieces, uh, bits in, in the weekly bulletin. Um, there was a Lonzo update in there, if anyone's not seen it. Do you really uh, want to bring that up again? <laughs> <laughs> I do, because, I mean, all right, the tweet didn't go viral, but um, it got a lot of attention. Right. And it was simply... Lonzo update is out of fresh trim. And the attention that tweet got was just 
mad, isn't it? The way I, d- I didn't understand it. I expected a lot of the negative comments on it. Don't get me wrong. Um, and even today, I mean, I put it up on was it Saturday or Sunday? Yeah. Obviously, it's now Wednesday, and it's still getting bits of attention. And it's like it was all tongue in cheeks as well. Do you know what I mean? That's that's a bit I didn't understand, and that's why I don't understand social media. But hey, it's Alonso update. He's had his hair cut. Right. <laughs> Look, he had his haircut, and more importantly, he had Bulls um, jerseys in the background uh, framed. So hopefully his head is still somewhere in the game, and who knows, some miracle might happen, and, and maybe with a fresh haircut might come a fresh pair of legs. <laughs> we'll see. I wouldn't count on it, though. <laughs> yeah. Too soon? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Here at Sea Ridge UK, we have our ongoing partnership with Victory Sports UK. Victory Sports UK is a UK-based sports apparel and equipment store where you can get your MBA and other sporting goods. Get kitted out in your favourite team gear and rep your squad all summer long. And all Sea Ridge UK group members and followers can avail of a special discount code for 15% off their entire range, including products already on sale. Just make sure you're liking and following Sea Red UK on Twitter or become part of the Sea Red UK group on Facebook to receive your exclusive discount code upon request. Visit victorysportsuk.co.uk to seal your victory with Victory Sports UK. Go on and check it out. You know, it makes sense. So, as I mentioned a bit before, um, we're going to do match or round two of Matt versus Neil. Right. Uh, you took game one yes I think a couple of weeks back yeah Um. so this is game two of the best of seven I've had a bit more time to prep for it but I'll let you explain the rules because once again you kind of took something and then twisted it to suit yourself yeah, absolutely <laughs> right but now hang on a minute before you say to suit myself this may have been my little idea but I have not had as much time to prep for it, even though this <laughs> this was my brainchild. And to be perfectly honest with you, I'm not as confident with this one as I was with the last one. So we'll see how it pans out. But um, before we get into that, we've to we've to roll the uh, the dice on it, as it were, the the wheel, and see who's going to be going first, which is quite important. Um, and I'm going to try and do this on the screen. So we can actually show people now. Yeah. So apologies if this goes horribly wrong. But we'll try it. So here we go. So this is for the first pick. Come on. No surprise. Get in. Right, so we can <laughs> let go away now. Right. Not always a good thing, though. It's not always a good thing because it means you get two picks and I only get one from the very start. But I, so, yeah. I suppose technically I get the important one. Um, right. So I'll explain the rules now that we've got that out of the way, right? So the rules are... You, we're only doing five, so we're only doing a starting five. You can keep two of the current roster, trade one, and who for. Now, in regards to the trade, this is the bit that I suppose takes the most explaining. In regards to the trade, it has to be at least semi-viable. I mean, obviously, there'll be other pieces around it to make the finance of it work or to make the trade agreeable, you know, like you would put into a trade machine. But we're just talking about the main part of the trade, so player for player rather than exactly. overcomplicating it with 
um, picks or additional players. But obviously, that would need to be done to make it work. Right. Okay. So that's that's realistic. It can't be Marco for Steph Curry. Right. Exactly. So it can't just be ludicrous. It has to be at least semi viable. Right. There's obviously balls with other pieces. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, also the next pick then has to be a draft. So a previous Bulls player that was drafted by the Bulls. And then the last one is an old player, as in a player that is currently still playing in the league, but played for the Bulls at some point. Okay. So keep two, trade one, draft one, old one. So we're not doing six man. We're not doing a coach, just the starting five. And I go first. Yep. Okay. So. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Well, I'm going to go for the trade option. And I'm going to trade DeMar. Mm -hmm. And my trade options, which I I wasn't expecting to get this so early on. um, I... See, I could, I've got a good one, but it would be two players for him, and we're not really doing that. It's player for player. So I think I'm going to go with Jalen Brown. Some sort of a, a manufactured deal for Jalen Brown uh, around DeMar. So DeMar goes to Boston. We get Jalen Brown, and that gives us our small forward. So I'm going to play him at small forward. 26 years old and shooting 36.5% from three. Right. Hmm. You've thrown me now. So I get <laughs> two picks, So my first one, I will go with a keep. Yeah, I thought you might. Uh, it's gonna be Zach. Yeah. That was that was the risk. I knew that was the risk. <laughs> Obviously Zach at the two. Um right. So I can't trade. Um, Demano, can I? Nope. So he's off my thing. Right. He's off your list now. So I've got three teams wrote down and I've completely thrown myself. So I'll go with <laughs> an old that's still active. Uh, go on. Jimmy Butler. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I would <laughs> never have expected you. To no, you can't sit there and slag him all year and then pick him for your team. <laughs> hey, he got okay, him to the okay. finals. And he'll, be, he'll, be at the, he'll be at the three. So, Okay. That's an excellent choice. Right. Right, okay. So you've gone for geez, Zach and Jimmy. That's going to be tough. Right, okay. So I've got Jalen Brown so far for DeMar. Um, and I am going to... Play my old player, and it's going to be Thad. At the, I didn't have him on my list actually. You didn't. Oh. Okay, so Thad Young. He was your old option. Thadic Johnson. Yeah, Young's my old. Hmm. Um, oh, I have another choice, haven't I? Yeah. So I better keep somebody while I can. So I am going to keep Kobe. Ooh. 
He was on my list. Thought he might be. <laughs> yeah, my list of keeps would be mainly be the bench players, to be fair, but <laughs> uh right. I am gonna go for my keep. My second keep. Okay. Um I'm gonna go Vooch. Oh, I didn't think you'd go for Vooch. Ouch. Right, okay. And that was my pick again, isn't it? Yeah. And my Don't know what to do here. Let's throw a dart at it. Yeah, my draft. So the Bulls player drafted. At the four, I'm going P. Will. Ooh. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Bending the rules. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, no, that works. That's perfectly within the rules. He was number four pick. Um. Oh, I've lost my pen, so I can't write it down. Hang on. Right, okay. So I have two to go, right? Yeah. And I have done my old, my trade, and my and one of my keeps. So I think I'm getting desperate here, so I'm going to have to keep... Uh, what have I got left? I've got a draft and a keep, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my draft next, actually. And I'm going to go for Joakim. Number number five. And then my other keep is going to be... I really don't have enough shooting at all. And there's no shooting on that bull's bench either. (laughs) I'm going to have to go for AC at the two. Where you don't want him. <laughs> Where I don't want him. Uh, himself and Jalen Brown are interchangeable at two and three. Yeah. So it's my trade, isn't it? And it's a point guard. Mm-hmm. The one position I didn't have a trade wrote down for. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Back to you into the corner. Yeah. And because you've took off a piece that I would have used as well. Um I am going to put I've screwed myself here. See, I was hoping for another Reggie Miller type situation. I think I might have created it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of players that I've got available to trade for somebody. Um, and remember, it's got to at least be semi-viable. Yeah, that's that's it because Bulls have got no assets. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put D Rose there, right? And it would be a well, he's on a 15 mil contract, isn't he? Uh-huh. So that they'd have, they'd have to trade for. So it'd be a package that involved IO. Okay. DJJ and Drummond. 
Wow. Whether he uh, Nick's would take that, I don't know. But <laughs> you backed me into a corner. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay. trying to think of viable targets that we've got and what pieces I've got left. But yeah, because it's it was, tough, isn't it? Fred Van Vliet was there. Mm-hmm. John Murray was there. Yeah, but I just haven't got anything that would make it work. Right. Um. Yeah, D Rose for a number of players. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to go back over it again, just for people who are playing along at home and who want to decide whether it's going to be Matt or Neil that's victorious this time. Uh, my team is keep Kobe White at the one, keep AC at the two, trade DeMar in a package built around Jalen Brown. Um, the old player I would bring back is Thad Young at the four, and the draft player I would bring back is Joakim Noah. Your team is at the one, D Rose, uh, in a package consisting of IO, DJJ, Drummond, and however many other things you need <laughs> to make it work. Um, at the two, you're keeping Zach. The old player that you're going to bring back is Jimmy Butler at the three. P Will. You're going to keep at the four. Oh, no. P-Will was your draft at the four, right? Yeah. And Vooch is your keep at the five. Yeah. Very good. So that's it. It's out there now. We'll see who's going to win round two. Um, I think this one could be could be a tough decision for some and an easy decision for others, I think. Um, but we'll see, it. <laughs> we'll see how it pans out. And we'll, um, we'll get you all to try and either even the keel or push me over by one more. Yeah. Who knows? I might get the first pick next time as well. You might do. And I swear to God, I haven't engineered this. That was live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just on that, if anybody's got any other draft ideas, obviously you've seen how we do them. If you've got any draft ideas that you'd like to see us try and do, throw them our way. Yeah, do. I mean, we have a few others lined up as well. Um but uh, if something good comes in, we'll we'll quite easily push those back at another couple of goes and bring yeah. what you come up with. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I've got. So if you've got anything else, I don't think I do. As I say, from next week, things probably start getting a little bit more interesting. Yeah, conversation wise, um, we we'll probably will be back at some point next week. I think we. will both at the minute planning on getting up for the draft aren't we yeah that's the plan anyway so there'll be an episode before the draft because it's what Friday morning for us isn't it the draft so yeah maybe middle of next week again we'll be back Uh, after that hopefully we'll have the content hopefully we'll have a trade (laughs) of some sort (laughs) a draft pick of some sort well that would be great although I don't like the uh the Pelicans sniffing around that number three pick, but I don't know. I don't know if we've really got any way of getting that number three pick, realistically speaking. Anyway, to be honest, yeah. I mean, I think we're more realistically gonna somehow end up with a, a second round pick or mm. a late first round pick of some sort. Yeah, who it is that gets traded for it, what the package looks like, I ain't got a clue. But I just I can't see us getting into that top three. And look, there's there's always a case of keeping the faith and and hoping because look at look at Joker, pick forty one. Exactly, and 
as I said when we spoke about the Nuggets. Patience. Patience. I mean, technically, for the most part, at least, we have currently got the, the guy in place at the Bulls that started the ball rolling for the Nuggets, right? I'm not saying he put all the pieces in place because he didn't, but he certainly kick-started the whole thing for the Nuggets. And uh, and now he's here. We just need to... Um, this includes me because, you know, I've not been too slow at kicking him as well. <laughs> but yeah. uh, maybe we just need to give him a bit more time. Um, it's just yeah. time is hard to give because that requires patience and we all want to win now. We all want to see changes now. But hang on in there and uh, hopefully it'll all work out in, in the end. So that's it. Uh, as usual, I've been Matt. You can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK. You can find us on all the socials at CRedUK. Obviously, now on YouTube at CRedUK. And don't forget CRedUK.com for all our opinion pieces with right. more to come. Yeah, and like we've said before, um, it's not just me and Matt that do writing on there. We have uh, Brett and Sam writing on there. They've done some great pieces and more to follow. Um, some pieces that we're putting together, uh, all of us as well, uh, are in the pipeline. And we are open to any guest writers that want to uh, write for us as well. Just um, hit us up and let us know if you want to get involved and, and we'll work something out. Um, in the meantime, you'll find me at Neil C. Red UK um, on Twitter. And uh, once again, we'd like to thank you all for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Um, do keep leaving the comments on all the socials and uh, we will keep uh, interacting as much as we can uh, remember to subscribe um, both on audio and now on YouTube give us the five star review or the thumbs up and uh, to check out all the latest information as Matt says crreduk.com um, is the one to go to until the next episode wherever you are in the world C-Red, go Bulls it's time for the percolator <laughs>